Hello, and welcome to the Investment Week podcast for February, where we analyse the biggest investment news stories and speak to leading investors about the most important issues on their minds. I'm your host, Anna Fedorova. I am the news editor of Investment Week. Investment Week has been the premier publication serving professional investors in the UK since 1995. You can find out more about us by visiting www.investmentweek.co.uk. In this episode of the podcast, we will be talking about the potential exit of Britain from the European Union and its impact on the UK economy and its financial institutions. Opinions among the UK's financial professionals have been varied, with plenty of support for both the in and out campaign. With me in the studio to discuss this is Hardeep Tawakli, Investment Week's Features Editor. Thank you for joining me, Hardeep. Hi, Anna. Hi. So, um, to start off with, um, the Brexit debate is heating up at the moment. So, um, what is the story so far then? You're completely right. The debate around Brexit indeed the timing of a vote on Brexit is really heating up at the moment. David Cameron is out in Brussels this month desperately trying to agree a package Mm. with his fellow European leaders. Reports in the papers have suggested that if negotiations at the summit in Brussels conclude on time, the Prime Minister will travel back to London, gather ministers on the same day to fire the starting gun on an EU Mm. referendum campaign. And it's thought a poll could be held as soon as June. Now for much of the past year, the no to Brexit vote has appeared to be in the lead slightly. But if you look at reports in the papers in recent months, this year mainly, polls are actually showing a much bigger increase in the support for the Brexit camp. And how has the investment community reacted to Brexit plans so far then? Are there any key people supporting either the Leave EU or Better Together campaigns? I think perhaps surprisingly, the investment community has actually been vocal about their stance on Brexit with a number of people supporting an exit from the Eurozone, while others, particularly fund managers, have Mm. been highlighting all the issues, you know, the impact on markets and things um, that could happen if Britain was no longer a part of the European Union. So let me give you a quick rundown of of a couple of Mm. big names and key people in the industry. You've got Peter Hargreaves, who's reportedly trying to unite the two out campaigns called Vote Leave and Leave EU. Hargreaves said last year he would support both groups, but he hoped to see them work together before declaring his allegiance to one. Mm -hmm. Other supporters joining Hargreaves in the out campaign um, and and in the asset management community um, include Oliver Helmsley, chief executive of stockbroker Numis, Chris Benodi, founder of OD Asset Management, Mm -hmm. Fred Carr, chairman of M&G High Income Trust, Alexander Darwell, head of European Equities at Jupiter. These are some quite big names from the industry that are supporting uh, uh, Britain leaving the EU. But then there's big names on the Better Together campaign as well. You've had the Hermes CEO, Second Cyber, and the chief economist, Neil Williams, recently state that the uncertainty around the Brexit could actually erode the UK's safe haven status, which is really important to the UK's financial services sector. So Neil Williams, their chief economist, recently said that the group's base case scenario remains that a Brexit should be avoided, as this would avert a destabilising hit to most UK assets. Logic suggests that the unlikelihood of the UK wanting to risk weaker ties with its main trading partner and a diluted relationship with the US. They're not alone in their thinking. Columbia Threadneedles' Mark Burgess, who is head of equities at the group, has also warned of the serious repercussions for UK financial services if the UK was to leave. He believes that Brexit could trigger a land grab from Germany, which would use the opportunity to acquire ex-UK businesses. He's 
said in a, in a statement, which um, is on Investment Week's website, I very much hope that Brexit doesn't happen, as I think it would be truly mm. bad news for the financial services industry. That's quite a big statement from someone. Yeah. So what would be some of the key impacts on the asset management world then specifically if Britain was to leave the EU? So a lot of people have, have tried to, to see exactly what the impact would be. It is the biggest unknown yeah. that is out there. Going through again what a couple of people have said, Investment Association's interim CEO Guy Sears highlighted the implications at a Treasury Select Committee session last month. He warned that there will be massive disruption following a Brexit, but didn't really give too much further mm. detail. One of the key issues that has been raised for the asset management community in particular is around the USITS passport system. So this was something that Stuart Alexander from Gemini Investment Management last month referred to as absolute carnage. He told me that it was the medium-sized and boutique UK-based fund managers, those without an offshore project range, who are the most at risk as they are the ones that are facing costly regulatory barriers if they want to continue distributing their products mm. in more widely if Britain yeah. votes to leave the European Union. So basically what that means is, at the moment, the USIT system acts like a passport. It's a set of rules with a legal wrapper which all EU countries have agreed to and abide by. It makes it easy for fund groups and managers to sell their products across borders. But if the UK becomes independent, this is going to be much harder to do. Mm. That legal wrapper yeah. that breaks down the barriers between European countries is no longer there. So funds that were previously sold in Europe via USITS may have to be redomiciled to Ireland, Luxembourg or Malta. Now, that sounds easy enough. It's an expensive program process and for your sort of small boutique asset managers it's going to be very hard to do. Um, Dublin rules stipulate £300,000 is required for them to mm. do this but Luxembourg has a requirement of £10 million. Wow. Now Guy says has raised the possibility of USITS funds being reclassified as alternative funds under AIFMD mm. which could allow them to continue to be sold easily on a cross-border basis but this is unlikely scenario due to the regulation rules around AIFMD. Um, some of the other issues include the impact Brexit will have on markets. The uncertainty around a Brexit is already impacting prices. Um, currency volatility is a key issue. Sterling's already mm. fallen 10% against the US dollar and euro since the autumn. Many blame this fall on investors' nervousness around rate rises. But Nick Musto, Invesco Perpetua's CIO, actually said that he thinks this has a lot to do with the concerns around Brexit. He thinks that further volatility is going to be on the cards as the referendum polls are failing to give a clear indicator of which way the vote will swing. Martin, uh, Martin Davis at Keynes had a similar argument. Mm. He said that the most damaging factor for markets is the fact there is so much uncertainty. He has urged politicians to set a date for the referendum sooner rather than later. So there's sort of a lot of technical issues then um, for the financial industry. But what could the exit or the potential exit mean for uh, the UK financial industry as a whole then? Yeah, so looking at it on a, on a wider basis, um, London is always regarded as the centre of financial services mm. in Europe. But it's an unofficial title. But if the UK were to leave, you've got companies, global companies, who are no longer going to think that. So the title could go to Frankfurt, for mm. example. This raises the issue of whether business will want to continue being based in London, have their headquarters here. They won't want a smaller base. It comes into talent as well. You have lots of talent in London. That's why UK business. That's why global businesses like to be based in the UK. But if the headquarters are in Europe somewhere, that talent might emigrate there. Mm. In addition. 
with the UK no longer in the EU, it's going to weaken the industry's influence when it comes to forming European regulation. The UK is the largest asset management business on the European stage, but outside of that, if, the, if a Brexit were to go ahead, it will not have the same voice it did have before, in, and it won't be able to influence regulation that is put together. Old Mutual's new chief executive, Richard Buxton, has actually been quite vocal on this subject. Now, he's actually said there's, he thinks there's no way that UK will leave the EU, but he also added that if people think there will be less influence from Brussels if we leave, it's just not right, because you can only negotiate on regulation at a European level if you are actually in the EU. Yeah, absolutely. So could there be any positive impacts um, of an exit then, considering there's so much support for a yes campaign in the industry? There is. It is a great unknown currently, so it's very easy for people to be very yeah. gloomy about it and, and, and focus on the, on the negatives. But on the flip side, you do have people like... Um, Andrew Formica, who is uh, Henderson Global Investors Chief Executive, he's commented that a Brexit would have a modest impact mm. on UK asset managers. So the group is a big global asset manager, and actually the impact of the UK in the European Union on Henderson would be quite limited because so many of his USITS funds are already domiciled in Luxembourg. Yeah. He said that he has seen American firms have USITS funds and the ability to subcontract to European and non-European countries. So the impact for him, it doesn't seem to be so much. Colin Morton, uh, Franklin UK manager's focus um, manager, also says the impact of an exit is hard to decipher. He said it's difficult to say if investors should fear a Brexit, as it's hard to see how, in the long term, not being part of the EU would really make that much of a difference to the overall profitability of UK PLC. UK's flexible labour laws, location, its economic stability, that's always still going to be there. And it means it will always be an attractive nation to work with. And business operations, he said, he thinks, will most likely continue as normal. So quite a variety of views out there then. It definitely is. <laughs> Thank you very much for this, Hardeep. Now, we've also asked two prominent industry figures what they thought about the impact of Brexit. Um, first, we have a comment from Mark Barnett, fund manager at Invesco Perpetual. Are you concerned about the impact a Brexit will have on markets? I think Brexit is one of the important political issues that the market is facing this year. Uh, and in terms of the domestic scene, it's probably the crucial issue. I am concerned, therefore, that the outcome is uncertain. Uh, we will have polls running right up until the date of the, the referendum itself, showing uh, a variety of outcomes which will make the market think twice about the direction that we're going to take. Uncertainty is clearly not helpful for markets, and this is another level of uncertainty that, we'll, that we're facing over the course of this year. So yes, I would say I am concerned about the impact Brexit will have on markets. In terms of where this may actually affect sort of the underlying economy, which is the sort of parallel but interlinked issue with regard to Brexit. Um, my sense is that actually underlying economy um, will will suffer, although uh, um, actually it's likely to suffer in a period clo much closer to the date when we know the date of, 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 of the referendum. In other words, decisions around um, investment, around uh, capital investment in the UK, around employment intentions for firms, these all may get affected uh, in the run-up to the date because that's, you know, these, that's another level of, of uncertainty that companies uh, will, will, have to, will have to factor in. 
What about if there is a vote to leave the EU? How will this affect your portfolio? Well, that's a really difficult question to answer at, the, at this point in time because it is, amongst all the range of uncertainty uh, uh, around the vote itself, you know, if we were to vote to leave, we don't know the terms on which we are leaving. Um, so, you know, it, it, we don't know the, the length of time it's going to take. It will be a number of years, I anticipate. But in a sense, the, the range of options that may occur post the referendum are more complicated than, you know, the vote itself. Um, so that's why it's a difficult question to answer. There are clearly companies in my portfolio which are more heavily exposed to Western Europe and to the EU in general. Um, although I'm, I would imagine, in fact, I've asked, as I'm seeing some of them, I ask, I'm asking them if they are you know, drawing, drawing up contingency plans for this eventuality, and that is definitely the case. Um, so um, in the short term, there will be a knee-jerk reaction for certain companies where there is sort of heavy Western European exposure. Um, but will this affect them longer term? Um, very difficult to say at this point. Um, so uh, um, I think you know the, the, the best I can do is is say that in the short term, yes, there will be market reaction around around direct exposures, but actually whether that will impact longer term is is, is not clear. I'm Jane Arana, and I'm Investment Week's Asset Management Correspondent. I'm here today with Stephanie Flanders, Chief Market Strategist at J.P. Morgan and former BBC Economics Editor, to discuss the impact of a possible Brexit. So, Stephanie, how could a potential exit of Britain from the EU affect the investment markets? I think uh, it's in the same way that the uh, economic consequences would be hard to understand without seeing what the deal is for Britain on the other side of a no vote. I think the same thing would apply to investors generally, both you know British investors thinking about how to invest overseas, but also anyone thinking of investing in UK assets. There'd be so much uncertainty around what the trade regime would be, what the regulations would be. I mean, more than half of UK regulations across the economy, across every market, every sector, um, are actually have been written by the Europe, are written in Brussels. So you'd have an immediate question mark, you know, are we going to get rid of these? And if we don't get rid of them, what's the point of leaving the EU? You know, all of those things would be up, in, up for grabs because the whole uh, the negotiations over any exit would actually probably take about two years. So businesses in the meantime wouldn't know what their terms of doing business with Europe would be after that. And what could the impact be for UK-based investment managers in particular? Well, I think the, there would be the same kind of uncertainties for uh, investment managers. And I think even in the run-up to a vote, we're thinking about the impact on sterling and the potential impact on different sectors of the economy. You could imagine, for example, people might feel a little op less optimistic about London property if there was a prospect of Britain leaving the EU and possibly the city playing a smaller role in Europe as a financial sector. it's time for our news segment where we discuss some of the stories that have been making headlines lately and what they might mean for investors. I'm joined by Investment Week's Deputy News Editor Laura Jew. 
Now, the start of the year has been marked by turbulent markets, but February doesn't seem to have seen any slowdown in this. So, Laura, could you start by talking us through what's been happening in markets over the past month? Okay. Um, the start of the year has been particularly volatile for markets, with the FTSE 100 reporting its worst start to the year since 2008. While many will have hoped that it was just simply January jitters, unfortunately the problems have continued into February as the FTSE 100 continues to fall. Year to date, it's down 6.5% mm. and it's down 11% over the last six months. And which sectors um, of the economy are suffering the worst? Uh, the resources sector and, and oil firms are all being mm. hit by the, the falling commodities, but it's also the financial sector that has seen a fall in its share price. This covers both the banking sector, which is down 20% year to date, and also asset management firms. Yeah. Both Barclays and Standard Chartered, which has already said that it's going to scrap its dividends, has lost more than a quarter of its value since the start of the year, while Lloyd's is down 17%. Mm. It is not just isolated in the UK either. Global banks have fallen 17.7% in dollar terms year to date. And I think we recently saw um, sort of downgrade to a number of um, asset management firms as well um, by Liberum. So um, it, it does seem to be kind of hitting them quite hard. So um, how have industry figures reacted to these falls then? Fund manager Neil Woodford has already warned that banks are likely to disappoint on dividends, saying that Lloyds, Barclays and RBS are vulnerable and are unlikely to be able to distribute capital back to their shareholders. The falls even led Chancellor George Osborne to postpone a planned two billion sale of Lloyd's shares to investors until a more calmer time for markets. The government still holds a 10% stake in the bank and is keen to offload this to the public, but only for the right price. On the asset management side, Old Mutual has fallen a 7%, Schroeder's is down 18%, mm. while Aberdeen Asset Management is down 21%, again due to its emerging market exposure. So why are these falls happening? The main reason is fears that we're heading for a recession, particularly as countries such as Sweden and Japan move to negative interest rates, and the UK shows no signs of moving interest rates beyond 0.5% anytime soon. This is making it harder for banks to generate a margin, and as a cyclical stock, it is one of the first sectors for investors to bail out of. Despite banks passing stress tests, investors are more sceptical of their in of their ability to mm. cope with real stress in the event of a slowing economy. And speaking of banks, HSBC has been on the news a lot lately as well. So what's been happening there and how is it affecting the share price? The outlook for HSBC's share price, which is down 17%, is particularly interesting given it announced on the 15th of February that it would be staying in the UK. The impact in the share price is minimal though. It rose only 1.5% in response. The firm has spent 10 months discussing the question of its headquarters and considered areas such as the US, Canada mm. and Asia, where it makes the majority of its profit. However, it is believed the slowdown in Asia was the biggest factor in its decisions, as well as concessions made by Osborne on banking regulations. And why did the bank's senior management change their minds in the end then? HSBC had previously been concerned by rulings under Osborne that would have increased levies based on firms' international balance sheets. Instead, this was changed to a levy that was based on firms' domestic balance sheet. Mm. Until it was changed, HSBC had been paying £1 billion a year. It is believed that HSBC spent £30 million on advisers to reach a decision. But in the end, Chairman Douglas Flint said that London offered HSBC the best option for shareholders and customers, mm. and that it had an internationally respected regulatory framework and legal system. However, the issue is not completely closed, as the same day there were reports that 
the bank could switch a thousand jobs to Paris if Britain votes to leave mm. the European Union. So it's a case of watch this space for HSBC. So the Brexit is affecting the banks in the UK also. Thanks very much for that, Laura. That's all we have time for today. We would love to hear your comments and ideas for future podcasts if there are any particular topics you would like us to cover. You can contact me via email on anna.fedorova, that's F-E-D-O-R-O-V-A, at incisivemedia.com. Thank you for listening.